So hi everyone, this is Money Marketing and Fund Strategy Podcast. Today join us is Adam Lade, former head of passives at Hargreaves Lansdown and now head of Northern European Strategy Alexa ETF. And today we'll chat all about inflation, smart beta, market fears. And so to start with, Adam, welcome, first of all. Hi. <laughs> so inflation is quite a big focus at the moment and you know, it's we're seeing it's going at record lows in much of the developed world. So, what's the current outlook for inflation? Thanks. The outlook for inflation is a bit uncertain at the moment. We are in a period where we've had record lows for many years. The UK RPI is at 1.8%, and that's actually higher than in many other developed countries. Uh, for the Eurozone, it's only 0.2%. However, we're seeing some signs that inflation could rise again. In the USA, they're expecting inflation to double in 2017. And Mario Draghi thinks that the European uh, inflation might meet the target in the next two years. We've had a lot of monetary stimulus from central banks around the world. And the theory tells us that money being pumped in will feed into inflation. That hasn't happened yet, but perhaps that's around the corner. And of course there's energy, because oil has been plummeting, but OPEC are preparing for a production cut. Russia seems to be on board, and that could drive energy prices up, which could feed into the rest of the system. Yeah, that's great. I mean, in terms of uh, what you see around, you know, wealth managers and multi-asset funds regarding inflation, especially since now, you know, wealth managers have been charged to store cash. So what were you seeing among those guys? Well, inflation is a risk, and we have seen managers protecting against it. For many managers, um, protection against inflation is one of the key long-term objectives for their portfolios. Uh, And we're seeing them taking this seriously. Across Europe, over 2.3 billion has gone into um, European inflation-linked ETFs this year. So, and, and they've actually done quite well for investors. Oh, great. So, I mean, how, how to hedge a portfolio for investors, I mean, sorry, for inflation? I mean, should UK investors only look at UK assets at the moment? No, not necessarily. Uh, there's a number of ways, but there are some avenues closed. For a lot of investors, the, the first on the list would have been the NS&I index linked savings certificates, and mm. they're now not available. So to get direct protection from inflation, a lot of investors look at index-linked bonds, and that really means gilts in the UK. So these, the, the coupon and the principal, both are linked to the RPI inflation, um, and, the, and so it gives you direct protection against UK uh, inflation. The, it's actually been a really strong strategy this year, uh, where they've been rising um, 30% in the first nine months of the year. Uh, there are some other strategies that investors are looking at. Uh, for example, inflation expectations um, strategies, which are a way of getting the inflation protection, but they don't have the risk of uh, falling um, prices if mm. interest rates rise. And of course, simple equities. 
Okay, and always looking at investment strategies, another very hot topic at the moment is smart beta, although, you know, there is still quite a few advisors that are a bit uncertain on how to use a smart beta, whether to use it in their portfolios. So, like, is smart beta now more mainstream or is still a niche strategy? I think this is the year when it has become a lot more mainstream. Mm. Um, over the course of 2016, we've seen um, more than 6 bi billion euros being added to smart beta strategies. Um, and uh, it is something that more companies are looking at. We know that there's a lot of um, firms who are hiring specialists to look at the smart beta and and to, to try and find ways of integrating that into a portfolio. And can you explain a bit how smart beta strategies work? Sure, and this is quite a, this is a good question because <laughs> we talk about smart beta like it's all the same, but actually it's not. Yeah. Smart beta is a number of different strategies. Really, it's anything which follows a set of rules, but it's not a standard index. So some of the most popular strategies have been um, low volatility investments or um, high yielding shares income-based products and really these are investments which follow an objective and can do uh, the job that maybe only active managers have were able to do in the past mm -hmm. but can do it at lower fees because they are uh, tracking an index. Uh, what's like a range of fees that we can see on smart beta strategies? What's, is that you know the average or what, what kind of range of fees? Uh, the investors might typically pay up to a half a percent mm. for a smart beta fund, but there are some which are which are a lot less than that, um, under 0.25 in some areas like Japan, for example, mm. uh, where where smart beta is taken off a lot. Um, we, now this is more uh, than a standard, ordinary tracker fund or ETF where fees are um, maybe in a lot of areas under 0.1 percent. But it's still uh, a lot cheaper than uh, active managed strategies. And you said it's taken, you know, quite, you know, so it's been quite successful in Japan. So we, you know, my question is how is Marbita not playing in the current market? Uh, so in the current environment for, for fund managers and, you know, why, why the uptake in Japan? Um, well, these are investments, I certainly said, that do a specific objective and investors are using them because they can lower their they can lower fees or because they can get a better performance or they can they can do something which really meets an investor's need mm. uh, japan is one area where uh, strategies following the jpx nikkei uh, mm. 400 index have been very popular and that's actually been driven a lot by the japanese central bank they are using that to within their monetary tools and also the Japanese government pension fund. In Within Europe, there's other strategies which have been very popular. One that I'll mention is, is low volatility hmm. and they buy a basket of shares which are constructed to give a lower risk than the standard index. It can be up to 30% less risky in a market downturn than a standard investment. Oh, wow, okay. And how do advisors make their decisions around this? There, 
this is something that needs a little bit of thought and effort. I mentioned that some firms have actually employed smart beta specialists to look at it. Yeah. Actually, many people can choose it themselves if they know what to look for. Mm. The questions to ask, first of all, what's your objective? Are you looking for income or are you looking to lower risk or are you looking to boost your returns? Next, choose the right index. So find out if it's diversified. Have a look at the track record and see if it meets its objectives over time. Uh, and be careful because there are still some products which are, which are fads, which maybe don't have um, the, the research to back them up over a long period of time. And, and those, those can be a risk. But for those who get it right, this, this can be quite a good investment. Okay, great. And looking back at financial markets, I mean, there are a lot of events coming. And first of all, obviously, we know the US election and the Italian referendum. And I mean, how should we react to these events? Or, you know, better, what's more worrying for you at the moment? Oh, there, there's loads going on that has the ability to shake markets. <laughs> So uh, the three examples that come to my mind are the US election, there's a big risk. Any new government will have new policies they want to bring in. Europe, whenever we're not talking about debt, it seems as the, the union's very existence that we're, we're questioning. And, and of course, China, it's the world's second biggest economy. It's driving a lot of growth in a lot of different markets. And if that's slowing down, that's a risk. But of course, you can only prep so much for these things. They, of, they always say that it's the one you don't hear that gets you. Yeah. There's a lot of ability for the markets and for the world to be disrupted by other unforeseen circumstances. And this is one of the jobs of a, of a good portfolio manager or an advisor, knowing not to panic, knowing to stick on with the plan and, and being prepared for these eventualities. Sure, so what would be yeah, you said already kind of how advisors should react to this, but is there anything else that they should kind of yeah. do around events like this? Of course, it's good to be prepared in these circumstances. Um, so we know that if markets do drop, if one of these events is the one that, that causes a big correction, that can be an opportunity. It can be a, well, a way to invest at lower cost. Some investors will choose to drip feed money in. They'll invest regularly and then they, they can sometimes get a lower average cost of investment mm -hmm. um, by doing so. Um, other investors who want to invest everything now are going to be, uh, will be able to uh, perhaps take some, um, take some measures to control that risk. Maybe looking at lower risk bonds, as I said, smart beta, low volatility strategies, but also simply keeping it, keeping it simple is sometimes the best idea. Just investing, because we know that markets might go down in the short run, but they always go up in the long run. Okay, and last but not least, uh, last week we've seen again this big drop uh, in sterling, and on, on the back of this, how should investors react? That. Well, sterling is <laughs> sterling has been uh, has had a pretty rough ride recently. It's been it's the worst performing major currency this year. 
we were looking at uh, a pound was one dollar and forty eight cents before the referendum, one thirty in September, and as we're recording today, it's a pound's only buying one dollar twenty two. Some of the volatility was caused from extraordinary trading in in Asia, where there's where where there was low volume, but it is part of a bigger trend. Um, of instability around the UK and uh, global concerns. Now, what does this mean for advisors? How should we be reacting? This is bad news for holidaymakers, but actually for a lot of portfolios, it's been good. Uh, whenever the pound uh, weakens, it means that our overseas assets rise in in sterling terms. Uh, and that's boosted a lot of people's portfolios. Now, if you are buying overseas, there is a question. Should you hedge out your currency risk? That's uh, a very personal question. It really depends on your individual circumstances. Over the long run, currency can actually be a source of returns, as we've said, um, but it could go lower. So investors need to need to make that decision. Fortunately, there's options out there for, for, for both um, hedged and unhedged depending on your point of view okay that's great thanks again for your insights Adam and I'll talk to you soon thank you very much